Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 532 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. We welcome you into our short topics episode this time around. We appreciate you being here. And before we get into our short topics for the evening, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves for the on assignment. Once again, Cheryl W5MOO, I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right. So I guess there's no preamble to the show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Weather's been pretty good. Although I saw, I guess there is going to be a little preamble because I saw on our weather report here that it looks like Billings is going to have almost a week straight of snow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. I'm hoping because, uh, you know, I'm getting my skis ready. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Got to get, got to get up there on Red Lodge and, uh, and do some shussing. So. Yeah, hoping they open the back. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Well, while we're waiting to go skiing, or while Bill's waiting to go skiing, rather, uh, I think it might be a little too warm down this away for that, since it's going to be in the 60s all week. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some amateur radio topics. And the first one you've probably already heard about, because this apparently has been a very, very slow news week. I had uh, a lot of trouble digging stuff up. So, um, but... We have, so so basically what I'm saying is all the stories we have are all the stories everybody has. So if you, uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard this one already, yay. <laughs> um, I, I did uh, flash up the, uh, the title a little bit on this one. Uh, AO92 likely meets fiery demise in Earth's atmosphere. Uh, Fox 1 Delta, or otherwise known as Alpha Oscar 92, was, keyword, oh boy, of course, Fox 1 Delta... Alpha Oscar 92 was, keyword, an AMSAT CubeSat satellite that operated for just over six years in orbit and proved to be a popular option for amateur radio satellite operators through its FM transponder. In addition to the transponder, the versatile satellite contains several payloads, including an L-band converter, an experimental camera, and a MEMS gyro experiment. With aging batteries, the satellite could no longer operate reliably and was mostly inoperable in recent months. The satellite re-entered Earth's orbit on February 3rd. So, just a couple days ago, it went boom. Read more about distance records set with AO92 and view a gallery of images captured from the onboard camera in the original AMSAT story, which gives you a clue where the story came from, AMSAT. So, sad to say it, but you don't have to download the uh, TLEs for AO92 anymore because it no worky. <laughs> so... It go crashy, uh, crashy, burn, burn. <laughs> it no existy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so very good. Um, we don't. We talk a lot about satellites going up. We rarely talk about satellites going down. So, um, but anyway, yeah. Ao ninety two, six years, and it's gone. But of course, seven more will replace it. 
So yeah, okay. yeah, let's launch them on up. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Ted brings up a thing from uh, late night with Seth Meyers. You burnt. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet uh, AO92 is not going to make it into his segment, but you know who knows. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so moving on, uh, Bill, we got uh, another story we can talk about. Sure. Yeah, this is the first amateur radio station on the moon. Uh, this is JS1YMG is now transmitting. The Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, successfully landed their smart lander for investigating moon, uh, also known as SLIM, on January 19, 2024. Uh, just before touchdown, SLIM released two small lunar surface probes, LEV-1 and LEV-2. LEV-2 collects data while moving on the lunar surface, and LEV- LEV-1 receives the data. The JAXA Ham Radio Club, the JRHC, or JARC... <laughs> JQ1ZVI secured amateur radio license JS1YMG for LEV1. Boy, that's a lot of letters. <laughs> which has been transmitting Morse code on 437.41 megahertz since January 19th. The probe uses a one watt UHF antenna with circular polarization and is transmitting, uh, quote, matters related to amateur business, unquote. Well, shouldn't be business if it's amateur. Anyway, uh, radio amateurs have been busy analyzing JS1 at YMG's signal with uh, Daniel Estevez, uh, Echo Alpha 4, Golf Papa Zulu, uh, busy analyzing the signal. Oh, sorry. I just read the same line. Uh, a blog <laughs> introducing the... <laughs> The method and extraction results for the demodulating Morse code from the signal, as well as extracting the code string. It is unclear how long the signals will be heard. JAXA has said that the SLIM was not designed to survive a lunar night, which lasts about 14 days, and is due to return in a few days. SLIM was launched on September 6, 2023, and landed on January 19, 2024, with the mission of analyzing the composition of the rocks to aid the research about the origin of the moon. Uh, SLIM's landing made Japan the fifth country to achieve a soft touchdown on the moon. The landing was achieved with exceptional precision within 180 feet of its targeted touchdown location. And this came to us from the ARL, or the ARRL. Yeah, very good. Interesting story. And, uh, of course, if you're a flat earther, a moon landing denier, or a conspiracy theorist, that was fake news. Yeah, that totally so. fake news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you think you're going to receive this with your Yagi, uh, probably not. You need a lot, a lot of gain to make up for all of the uh, all of the signal loss between here and there. Yes. And uh, it says circularly polarized. So you're probably still not going to get it on your little arrow um yeah, whatever. <laughs> not a not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might have to be a little closer to the moon. Yeah, and maybe like you had like ten arrows, antennas all bound together or something like that. <laughs> or one arrow and a whole lot of cush. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, it's kind of a strange night. Is it a full moon? I don't think it is. Um, so we, we do have another amateur radio story called The Magic Band Revealed. Have you ever wondered about the magic of six meters? It doesn't. We've, we've talked about six meters on this show. Yeah. It doesn't take much on six meters. Your existing HF plus six meter rig and a simple antenna, even a dipole will work. And I can confirm that, yes, even a simple, stupid MFJ uh, hamstick dipole up 20 feet will get you six meter contacts. In this book, I guess we're talking about a book now. You'll find out how I, and the I in this I is uh, Jim Wilson, K5ND, 
know the dipoles work and how to build one of your own. This book will also provide plenty of insight into how you can find DX on six meters. It covers propagation equipment, software, antennas, operating software, on-the-air operation, awards, contesting, and VHF rover operations. I don't know, kind of like a certain podcast did a few episodes ago. Uh, it further <laughs> provides detailed instructions on using the WSJTX FT8, FT4, MSK144, and Q65 modes. With appendices, <clears throat> I think I uh, just portmanteaued appendix and dependency there, but um, with appendices on SDR operation and ESNEC, easy NEC, antenna modeling, it truly includes everything you need to know about 6-meter amateur radio DXing. About the author, quote, Jim Wilson K5ND writes this blog, K5ND Ham Radio Adventures, and has contributed to QST Magazine, the ARRL National Contest Journal, and CQ Magazine. He's a frequent speaker at conferences and amateur radio club meetings, unquote. I actually put the quotes in there just to separate that. The paperback version is available on Amazon at the lowest price possible with no royalties to the author. I don't know why they wanted to specify that. <laughs> I mean, surely he wants some money. Uh, the paperback version is, uh, I, yeah, see, I jumped back up like you did. Yeah. Uh, it is full color throughout. Every illustration is easily understood. It is also available in PDF format at the download link. The PDF version includes an expanded detailed table of contents and it figures an A figures list not included in the print version. And of course, links to those will be in the show notes as well as the, the original PDF story. Is free. What's that? The PDF is free. It's free to download. So that's why I wanted to include it in here as well. Oh, oh uh, excellent. Yes. But it's also the, the Amazon is not making any money for the author, which seems pointless if you're publishing a book, but whatever. That came from K5ND's own blog, right from the horse's mouth. And of course, uh, we'll have links so that you can get the PDF and or if you want to pay the no royalties for the for the paperback download, you can get that as well. Or not download, paperback, you know. I guess it's a download. The the snail mail download downloaded to your, your mailbox at the street. Yeah. It's a one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> the really slow way, the point oh 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 one baud download. Yes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that's it for our, our our dug up stories on the amateur radio side. I guess we can move on to open source. I guess that's your cue. Oh, that's my cue. I was waiting in case you want to kick your dog or something like that. <laughs> no, I don't want to kick my dogs. I like, I love my dogs, but you know, I do wish they would shut up around that this time of the night. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. The first story on the open source is Ubuntu 2404, which is real soon uh, to use kernel version 6.8. Uh, the Ubuntu 2404 LTS is set to use the upcoming Linux kernel version 6.8, deviating from the expected ver uh, expected Linux 6.6 .6 LTS release. Although Linux 6.8 is currently in active development, it is anticipated to be stable by March, allowing Ubuntu developers ample time for refinement before the LTS release in April. Daily builds of the Ubuntu 2404 are currently using Linux 6.7, but adventurous testers can opt for an experimental Linux kernel 6.8 build via Canonical unstable kernel PPA. The decision to include Linux 6.8 and Ubuntu 24.04 is praised for its alignment with the desire to have the latest kernel in each release, especially crucial for an LTS version that will be used for an extended period. Uh, Linux 6.8 promises support for stable Intel Meteor Lake graphics, uh, the ability to toggle IA32 emulation at boot time, Intel Shadow Stack support, and more. Ubuntu developers plan to enhance the kernel with their tweaks, such as an updated app armor. Ugh. 
attacking LSM patch set to set and using the latest GCC with frame pointers enabled by default, aiming for an improved performance engineering and developer experience. Additionally, there is a potential to move forward, uh, move towards default low latency features in Ubuntu 2404, making it more suitable out of the box for activities like music creation, video editing, gaming, and other high responsive workloads. And this comes from OMG Ubuntu. And yes, yes, high responsive workloads. That's what you need the updated kernels for. So those of you still running the LTS version for your gaming rigs, change that. <laughs> <laughs> and that did that did get funneled through Chat GPT, and I actually feel like it did kind of a good job with that. So yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Too bad I couldn't I mean, read it that well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could just start having Chat GPT read them too, right? I mean, yeah, I just plug your way. There's a, there's one of those uh, AIs that you can just plug a little bit sample of your voice in, and it'll read everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So so I'll I'll just state right here up front: we're not doing that. <laughs> if, if if all of a sudden you hear the you hear the text coming out of this podcast like flawless, you know <laughs> we're like we're on vacation yeah <laughs> get all that, some uh, of that, that good podcasting money right <laughs> <laughs> retired <Yeah>. early <laughs> definitely getting fat dumb and happy on that so um so so this next i'm, I'm kind of curious about how this next story showed up in here um it's magic were you reading my mind Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I happened to run across this. Uh, well, you should go and read it, then I'll talk about it. Okay. Well, because because I, I installed this today. Oh, wow. That's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, the story is about Crafty Controller. Crafty Controller is a free and open source Minecraft launcher and manager that allows users to start and administer Minecraft servers from a user-friendly interface. The interface is run as a self-hosted web server that is accessible to devices on the local network by default and can be port forwarded to provide external access outside of your local network. Crafty is designed to be as easy to install and use. Oh, is designed to be easy to install and use, not as. So there's, no, there's no metaphor here. Uh, requiring only a bit of technical knowledge and a desire to learn to get started. Crafty Controller is still actively being developed by Arcadia Technology, and we're continually making major improvements to the software. Crafty Controller is a feature-rich panel that allows you to create and run servers, manage players, run commands, change server settings, view and edit server files, and make backups. With the help of Crafty Controller, managing a large number of Minecraft servers on separate versions is easy and intuitive to do, and it's licensed under the GPL v3, so it's open source and copyleft. Excellent. So what did you have to say about this before I say anything about it? Yeah, I was just, uh, I just happened to be, I was trying to set up a server here at the house for, uh, for vault hunters. And I was like, oh, I want to see if there's like an easy way to do it. And I was just kind of surfing through YouTube videos, <laughs> just kind of on the topic. And then I ran across a video that talked about this. And then I was like, oh, I haven't seen this before. So, uh, so yeah, that, that kind of sparked it, you know, a YouTube video sparked my interest in finding this. And then when I found it, of course, I'm like, well, we should include it in this, in the show just because it's, it's open source and it's Minecraft. So it, it, it kind of checks off a few boxes of, uh, of what we do around here. So did you actually get it installed and use it? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I just found it just like yesterday. So, <laughs> well, I, I literally found it this morning. I was in a Reddit thread because I was, I was restarting the Minecraft server and I was doing a Google search for like ways to auto restart the Minecraft server so I could have, you know, that kind of functionality. Yeah. And sure enough, Crafty Controller came up. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, so I did the thing. I downloaded it, installed the Python, got it built, uh, started it up. And it has the ability to import existing instances of Minecraft cool. as well as create them. Um, plus, you can have, you know, you can create users and roles and assign people to do certain things and manage certain things and create databases or create uh, worlds if you want them to and so on and so forth. And so I was like, ooh, this is really cool. I'm, I'm totally on board. So the first thing I did was try and import our server, which is um, about 40 gigs. um and when you do an import the first thing it does is wants to copy it so i uh i got rid of it immediately (laughs) (laughs) if you're if you're starting from square one i'm sure crafty controller works great i mean it does work great the interface is nice uh it's really usable it's written in python uh, it, it does everything well. It even has you set up separate uh, Python build environment and everything to run it into. So it's sandboxed and uh, it's SSL encrypted and all that stuff. And like I said, if you're starting without a server or if you have a really small server to import, uh, this is probably good. If you have a large existing server, uh, expect some pain. But um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're going to need a new one anyway, because like when 121 comes out, we're not going to we're not going to be able to even do like the whatever the uh, stupid things are the vault rooms or whatever (laughs) because they'll be so far out from the map when they regenerate everything that we haven't touched that it's just going to become unplayable so (laughs) i think i think it might be uh might be time for a a fresh start when 121 is released oh you actually want a whole new world yeah i mean you can keep the other world running but we should spin up a new world and just be new well, okay. I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'll start up Crafty Controller, you know, to at least start that way and have the ability to do the functionality it has without having to do the massive file copy. <laughs> Look at but, Darren. Uh, no, <laughs> <I don't. laughs> we'll keep the world up. Jeez, we just might switch. You know, I know. You know, <laughs> it's it's hard to upgrade when you have major things happening. I mean, we could go through and have everybody visit all their areas that they want to save and then run a prune on the server and then basically prune all the chunks that basically we've only flown into or gone into once or twice and haven't actually built anything in. Um, It's not 100% how that works, but like we could do that and that would reduce the world download size probably, you know, it's about four gig. So, or probably even smaller, because we actually don't have a lot of stuff. You know, you think you do, but we really don't have a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I could, we can see the whole map. We can see the whole map. So, but there's a lot of chunks. Now, if you're building stuff in all these different places and stuff like that, that might be a problem. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> we could probably go into that at some other some other time. Not the short topic show, but uh, I don't know. I'm just brainstorming. So. Yeah, I'm not sure we're ready for the pain of uh, the whole thing. I, I am definitely looking forward to 121, though. Auto crafters. Everyone wants the auto crafters. Yeah, for the win. All right. So with that, let's move on to the next topic. Oh, and I, uh, it's my turn again. Yeah, yeah it's your sorry. turn. <laughs> I, I talked so much, I didn't know who read the last one. Anyway, yeah, this is uh, Sparky Linux harbors a flamboyant array of desktops. It's flamboyant. What a what a 
What a title. Uh, Sparky Linux is a lightweight distro based on Debian, but it offers some choices that a few, if any others, do. This year's first new version of Sparky Linux has two development streams, a rolling release version 8 based on Debian Trixie, release 24.01, of which just landed. Uh, there's also a stable release version, Sparky Linux 7, which is based on Debian 12 Bookworm, and version 7.2 came out last month. There are some conventional offerings, LXQt, Mate, XFCE, and KDE. Then there are two minimal additions, the open box-based minimal GUI, a 1.5 gigabit download, which installs into a 3.5 gigabit of disk, and a minimal CLI, which is half that size. Both of these have i686 additions for the geriatric hardware, and both ARM64 and ARMHF variants for old and new Raspberry Pis. Then there are three special editions. Game Over has more than 100 pre-installed FOSS games, plus Steam, Wine, Play on Linux, TeamSpeak, and more. The Multimedia Edition has a large assortment of graphics, audio, video, and web editing tools. The Rescue Edition can't be installed, but comes with lots of data and file recovery tools, backup apps, anti-malware programs, and so on, with exceptionally rich file system support as standard, even including HPFS. If that wasn't enough, just last month, Sparky added MLVWM to its list, the Macintosh-like Virtual Window Manager resembles classic macOS uh, because uh, Takashi Hasegawa's uh, original version dates back to 1998, so it predates the existence of macOS X. More recently, developer Morgan Eldridge got permission from Hasegawa to continue the work, and now MLVWM runs on 21st century Linux. It's a little rudimentary, and there were some display glitches, but perhaps now that's it, that it's available in a modern distro, it will get a lick of paint on it. So there you go. And that came to us from the register, and we have reviewed Sparky Linux in the past, because I see you wrote down a readiness score there for Game Edition. I haven't tried the Game Over Edition, though, so... Maybe we should do that at some point. I, I haven't, uh, I did not take a chance to spin through it though. Did you? Maybe you did. <clears throat> well, I was trying to, but for some reason, the VMware um, workstation uh, player on my computer was booting it at an incredibly close to snail's pace. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I see as I look across the room that it has now booted, um, but unfortunately, I did not have a chance to actually look at it. It has a lot of stuff that is interesting to me on it, and I was really hoping to you know, be able to say something about it, but I really can't um, because while it is booted up over there, um, I don't really have anything to say about it. I will say, though, that it's based on Debian, so that alone probably gives it at least a four, you know, oh, on yeah. the LHS right in a score. So, um, yeah, I believe the last time I did, uh, we did Sparky Linux, we did do the uh, rolling release version and it scored pretty high. It was like a 4.6, 4.7 all in, so... Yeah, and the game over edition is only in the the rolling version. There, if you look at the the Sparky Linux website, between the stable version and the semi rolling version, some some editions are available in one, and some editions are available in the other. They're not uh, necessarily cross compatible. Yeah, yeah, the gaming one would make sense to be in the rolling release to get the newer kernel and stuff. The newer like kernels and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. So that one's based on Trixie, which is uh, Debian testing. Uh, I guess that's version 13 at this point. And um, yeah, I would have loved to have been able to say more about it than, you know, it's Debian and it's probably going to work. Um, but 
you know, I wanted to see how some of their uh, built-in emulators and, you know, support for Wine and Steam and all that kind of stuff was. But, you know, alas, that'll, I guess, have to wait till the next one. And uh, I was going to also do a, a review of 4M Linux, which is another one that's that's sort of been in the news lately That because there's a new release of it, version 45. Um, and 4M Linux is one of those Linuxes kind of like... Um, uh, Blackware? Like what? Slackware? <laughs> No, 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 no. Slack, Slackware has its, you know, has its Slackware and Gen 2 and, you know, Crunch Bang and all those stuff. Those are all, you know, like moderately usable. This one is one like, what's what's the one that I can't stand? It's like so different than all the other ones, but um, it begins with a P. Um, Puppy. Puppy Linux. Oh, Puppy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like like it has its own, you know, package manager and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like you, you have to go through the process of learning how to use it to use it. And I didn't want to bother with that. So I just, <laughs> I, I didn't want to give it a zero because I mean, if you wanted to go through the trouble of figuring out how it works, I, I did see that RPM was installed, but not YUM or DNF. Hmm, so it's, it's, I guess, kind of based on Red Hat slash Fedora slash, you know, SUSE, whatever, but none of the utilities for package management are there. So with that in mind, I gave it a 0.1 because you could probably make it work, but it would be way not worth your effort. So it's, it it's kind of like for a, help, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of like a distribution that they built to be as it is when you install it and you don't really do much with it except to keep it updated. So mm, yeah, maybe, maybe there's more to it than that. I don't know, but that's the way it seemed to me. I mean, it does have, it does have utilities installed and it's it i think it uses uh lxde as the desktop something like that okay yeah that makes sense so so i mean it's functional if you want to do the things it contains but if you wanted to use it as a ham radio distribution i think you'd be in for a world of hurt so <laughs> yeah uphill battle right <laughs> yeah exactly so just my just my thoughts there uh, brief as they are. Um, but I was trying to get something in the Linux and the Hamshack realm and I, there just really wasn't anything out there. And I haven't been really playing with anything, uh, except my new FT 710. I, had, I, 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 um, was trying to use FL Digi not, yeah, earlier and the sound support in FL Digi is just still so bad. I don't know if my version's old or what. Hmm. Um, I got it I to receive, but I couldn't, I couldn't get it to pick an outgoing sound device other than the default. Oh, that's weird. Were you using port audio? Uh, yeah, and it was not finding my output device. <clears throat> hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, because I wanted to, I wanted to kind of be a little um, uh, cheaty, cheaty, maybe, <laughs> and uh, try work works in Poda on CW using FL Digi. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Cheater. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna key, I was gonna send oh, um, myself. Well, I was. Yeah, I can send. I can send just fine. His decoding is not my strength. So oh, I just realized I don't even have FL Digi installed on my machine. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so there you go. I've done a CW contest on here. I do not have FL Digi installed. <laughs> so well, I couldn't good. have cheated. <laughs> well, the, you could have used something else. <laughs> hush now. Jeez. So I don't know what the current version of FL Digi is, but the installed version on my machine is 4.1.20. So, so I can download I 4.2.04. Okay. 
I can't imagine that it would make that big a difference, but I was I was disappointed that I was I was not seeing sound devices that I thought I should have seen. So that's yeah, that's definitely sounds like something's not quite right. Yeah, because because like you know WSJTX and JTDX and and other applications like that work just fine. I haven't tried uh, I haven't tried anything for like uh, QSS TV or anything like that, uh, which also use the sound card interface. But right, I guess I'll do a little more investigation and see how it goes. That thing has like what, just Burr Brown or whatever drivers for the audio normally? Um, the IC7100 has that. That's basically the same audio driver that's in like Signalinks. Yeah. But the the FT710 does not. It has its own sound card device. Oh, interesting. So anyway, I will do more work with that. But at least there's a little bit of content in Linux in the Hamshack, I guess. Unless you got something else you can throw in. No, no that's that. I added my part. 4.2.04. <laughs> <laughs> all right and i'm good. installing it now from an aur package because so, i'm running manjaro well there you go arch enemy <laughs> yes yes definitely <laughs> all right well that actually brings us down to the end of our topics for the evening we do have uh, one announcement and that is that the linux and the hamshack hamvention gofundme is actually live i said it was going to be live on the first i was wrong it was live on the second close enough <laughs> Um, so the URL for that is lhs.fyi stroke hv2024, Hotel Victor 2024. We're already in, in like a day and a half, 20% to the goal. So, <laughs> wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we, this, this campaign may be really, really short and we would love to make it really, really short. So if you can donate, we would really appreciate it. Any amount helps even a buck or two. Uh, we're only looking for $500 this time. And like I said, if this, uh, if this works out the way I hope it will, then this will be the last time we have to do one of these. And then we'll be, our listeners will be helping to self-sustain us and allow us to attend Hamvention each year going forward without having to do these with these fundraisers. So that would be nice. But in the meantime, if you can donate, please do that. And whether you can or not, please share that link everywhere you can think to share it. Uh, the more people who know about it, the faster the donations come in and the shorter the GoFundMe campaign will be and the quicker I can pay for the booth. So there you go. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate everybody who supports the show anyway and all our listeners and all that good stuff. So thanks in advance. We hope to see everybody in Xenia in May. And with that, we'll get down to our very, very short list of subscribers, supporters, and live participants for this week. So apparently we're short on news uh, and social media. So we had nobody in the first four categories. In Mastodon, we have Ken Harrington and KG4SDR. On YouTube, we have user-kl7vm6zy4k. Sounds made up to me. <laughs> totally legit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely legit. On Discord, we had Calf. And in the live chat tonight, we had quite quite a lot here. Ooh, that's a call sign I don't recognize. Ryan, M0PUN. Very nice. We all love the puns, right? Uh, Tom, N4. Hi! Jill, K1TTZ. Ted, WA0EIR. Steve, K7HBT. Winston, KD2WLL. Tony, K4XSS. Darren, VK60K. And Joel, KC0YEW. So thanks, everybody, for tuning into the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the program, for helping us out, uh, for participating in Linux and the Hamshack in any way that you do that. Really appreciate it. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you'll tune in for episode 533 when that one comes around. But in the meantime, 
Have a great week. Have a great night. Have a great day. Just be good to everybody. And we'll catch you on the next one. For the On Assignment, Cheryl, W5MOO. I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 show That's one 909 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.